Chapter 27 When my thoughts reassembled and rallied to me, I was in the passenger seat of a truck, a new truck parked in a quiet neighborhood with modest well-maintained houses and yards and newer cars in the driveways. I saw two children walking a golden retriever down the sidewalk, no parent in sight. Lou DiStefano sat behind the wheel with the posture and confident watchful eyes of a cattle dog. I sat up. I was nauseous and my muscles felt sluggish. You're back, Lou said smiling warmly at me. How do you feel? Not too good, I said rubbing my face. Lou adopted a more somber tone. That's probably the morphine I shot you with. I'm just glad you didn't puke all over yourself. You gave me morphine? I said, horrified. My mother had used opiates as a quick, cheap way to dull the side effects of her spreading cackle. My faculties were intact enough now to know that I was suffering from some issue with that, some cackle poison or potion, one of those things. But I still didn't like the idea of having morphine in my system. I didn't do drugs. Ever. I was too terrified of turning out like my mom. Lou shifted in his seat, then squinted and grimaced. I grew up with a guy in Jersey named Teddy the Mat. They called him the Mat because he let girls walk all over him. One day he fell in love with a Wanda. After that, no one ever saw him again. That's a great story Lou, I said. But what the hell are you talking about? What's going on? You've been poisoned by a Wanda. Do you know what that is? I nodded slowly. Vacantly, I wondered which mummer, Bruce or Pam would have been given my cackle, my personality, if Naomi had gotten her way. Which one would have become the newest husband in Naomi's sick harem of dead lovers? I looked Lou in the eye and stuck out my hand. Thank you, I said. He'd saved me. Again. But where had he come from? How had he known what to do, that I would need his help? You don't owe me anymore. He smiled and shook my hand. You're welcome, Doughboy. But I haven't owed you since Kmart. Don't thank me. Thank your Shanika. She hired me. And I wasn't cheap either. Kalia? I said. No, the Pope. Come on. Of course, Kalia. What did she hire you for exactly? To be her deputy. To help her with this mess. When was this? I was with her until... The same day you started calling me. She gave me instructions on how to get something done, did me a favor I thought couldn't be done. That was my payment. She's special that one. And she's in love with you. My face flushed. Kalia doesn't love me. Lou snorted. Take it from a man who's been divorced three times, you're in trouble. Let me give you some advice, whatever you do, don't exchange bodily fluids with her. He showed me his gloved hand. You do that and you'll get the dirge like me. The world will sing to you. Trust me that sounds much nicer than it is. Everything you touch will have its own song. It can drive a man nuts if he's not careful. What do you mean, everything has a song? Never mind. I'm not exchanging bodily fluids with Kalia anyway. That's none of my business. Why didn't you tell me when you picked me up at the bar?
that Kalia hired me. I wasn't sure I could trust that Hugo guy. But it was okay for me to trust him? You told me he wasn't lying. He wasn't. Why? What happened? My head was in a fog, but I could still remember Hugo's speech at the lodge. Hugo betrayed me. Tried to get me executed. I barely got out of there. Kalia saved me. They still have her. Brad still has her. Crap. Lou spit the word over his shoulder. I'm surprised she didn't get away, a woman like that. He sneered and shook his head. Damn. That changes things. We gotta break her out. Shouldn't be too hard, the backwoods lodge like they got here, unless they take her to that Arampon place. We might have to get you trained up a bit first though. Lou moved his shoulders and hands a lot while he talked. Kayak Brad still had Kalia in his custody. Kayak fucking Brad. I thought you people could tell when someone was lying? We can. Then how did Hugo fool you? He's a slippery one. But I had a feeling. I was waiting for you outside the lodge, wasn't I? I saved your ass, didn't I? I'm pissed about it too. You don't know me, but I'm about the best friend you can have right now. For your peace of mind, let me give you a little background on myself, okay? My bona fides. Bear in mind, I do this out of politeness because your sis and niece are living in my house. I come from a long line of mummer wranglers. I was one for 20 years. But don't call me a hero. I'm no hero. The real heroes are the ones who lost their cackle. Now that stuff I sprayed on those mummers earlier, that's called affectation potpourri. It's like catnip for them. They can't get enough of it. Stops them in their tracks. I'm telling you this because only three family lines in the country know how to make that poison. It's very difficult and very time-consuming to make. That's what kind of expertise you're dealing with here, okay? Which brings me to your first lesson, don't go telling nobody who or what I am. I'm not trying to get involved in any more Mobiac drama than I need to, and I'm definitely not trying to pay lodge dues, okay? I nodded. I thought about running, taking my family, and moving across the country. But I couldn't. My sanity and my niece's health were tethered to this dangerous hidden world. And I would never leave Kalia in Brad's hands. Never. I was trapped, cornered. I had to fight, which scared me, because I couldn't think of anything I wouldn't do to protect my family, to make sure Brad got the justice he deserved. First thing we need Odalith Cackle, I said. Lots of it. You said you had a source. I don't care if I have to rob somebody. Good to know, Lou said. But courtesy of me, you don't have to rob anybody. That's actually why we're here. I would never let anything happen to your niece or your sister. They're becoming more and more dear to me. Besides, your sis is the only person in California who knows how to make a real New York bagel. I can't let anything happen to her. His tone was solemn and his expression was severe as he looked me in the eyes. He wasn't joking. I later learned that he never joked about bagels. He reached over, opened the glove box, pulled out a Bible, and tossed it on my lap. Then he grabbed a stack of Watchtower magazines for himself, pointed the stack at me, and said, 
I found an otolith a while back that nobody knows about. I don't think she even knows what she is. All we need to do is get her angry. She works nights and hates it when people knock on her door during the day, especially Jehovah's Witnesses for some reason. So that's what we're going to be. You up for a walk? Whatever needs to be done. But you didn't tell me. How long have I been out? Half a day. It's Monday morning. I got a buddy told me the whole lodge is packing up. It's like an angry beehive over there. They're relocating to Arampum. Remember that gem of a town? Supposedly they're preparing for war with the Zadatorians, and that's going to be their Alamo. They need to prepare for war with the friends of Blanche Duluth. Who's that? That's the memorist's real name Blanche Duluth. Lou opened the door and hopped out. Sounds like they already lost that war. Maybe they have but I haven't. Tough guy huh? Let's go doughboy. The good word doesn't spread itself.